Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days, so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey everybody, in this episode of Box Office Breakdown, Ben Diesel lives a quarter of a mile at the box office. Fast and Furious took top slot again. We're going to break it all down next. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Box Office Breakdown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Box Office Breakdown here on Popcorn Talk. Of course, this is the show that looks back at the box office that was. And then we like to... Prognosticate. I was just laughing in the chat room. Guys, yep. we were just prepping. That's why, you know, our start time fluctuates a little. That's right. Uh, it just felt so good to have you say that because being gone last week, I it was know. just... I know. Did you survive? It was a sad day. Did, didn't sad Neil day. say it for you? Neil, Neil, oh, no. Neil just mocked me. <laughs> no, oh, no. Uh, I'm so sorry. We partnered about the box office that lay ahead. I'm one of your host, Frank Marin. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My sweet 285 followers would Woo! love to have you amongst them. <laughs> At Happy Go Jackie. And what's up, guys? My name is Carrie Lane. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. Going strong. Over 1,200 people. Look yeah, you know, I'm trying. And uh, yes, guys, sorry I was gone last week. I was at the Indian Film Festival of Los Angeles covering that as press. And so I'm glad to be back, but it was a fun festival. And they had a cool photo booth. She had to throw, yes. throw on uh, pedals and stuff. They're like, that Confetti, was cool. yeah. Confetti, that was cool. It's on my Instagram. Loved it. It was very and I cool. I think I put it on Twitter too. Uh, yeah. And as always, the uh, the third person that makes us yeah just sound and look so great. We've got Neil in the booth. What is going on, Woo! movie watchers? <laughs> and Neil, where can they find you, sir? Yeah, you can find me everywhere where there is a Twitter or a YouTube, I guess, or a Hi. whatever at the Neil Plumley. That is T H E N E I L P L U P L U M L E Y. I love it. I love it. Music to my ears. And as always, folks, you can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, of course, hop in the chat. We've got the chat app running. I know you have, or your folks are actively in there. Uh, just welcoming Carrie back. Look at well, that. I was going to say, quick update. So there's two things. One, I was just talking with the director of the horror film that I was the AD on. And that one um, is they just finished the main cut. Now they're working on visual effects. So I'm not in it, but I worked on it. And I did. I was a lot behind the scenes. Like, you don't realize how much you got to do until you're doing <laughs> Not that they couldn't handle it, but, you know, it's a lot. Um, and then um, fault that's called Followed. And then uh, I did see a film that I don't think I talked about in here. But I was, I'm in a horror film called The Dark Tapes. Mm. And it's a teeny tiny part. By the end, like, I had lines in another scene totally got cut. Um uh, but that one is coming to uh, a few online sources and such. So look for the dark tapes. I'm in. It's like a horror anthology. So there's a bunch of little vignettes. So I'm in an anthology of um, 
webcam people. I'm not a webcam person, but I'm watching someone who is. Ooh, so. uh, being a voyeur. I guess I'm the one female in the room voyeuring this one other woman. Oh, interesting! Yeah. Oh, look at so you. I'm, they're like, "Oh, there's a girl in the room," and I'm like, "Oh, great! That's that's just, <laughs> all right." Because you're just telling you're there, and they're telling you what to do, but you don't know what. It, but it, it came out cool. Like they have like the main the girl who's being watched, and then like the different people watching her of like framing it. Oh. And so I'm one of those people. So if you watch it, that's me. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Just making it happen. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, so, folks, we're going to break down our top five at the box office. And, of course, last week's box office bet was uh, the only film that was coming out this week was The Fate of the Furious. So we have to get a big bet on there. How close were you? Uh, I did 140. Neil went even stronger, went 150. Wow. Uh, at least domestically, we way overshot the mark. I know. Uh, okay. came in at $100 million. Uh, just a hair over that from still, Universal. Still, I was going to say it's still good. Most other recent box office numbers are not that high. No, and you got to think, this is the eighth film in a series. And certainly the seventh film had the death of Paul Walker and how mm-hmm. that was going to be addressed. So that's mm-hmm. going to bring even more attention to it. Mm-hmm. So I think at, Universal is aware that, yeah, eighth is not going to pull in the numbers of seven just because it doesn't have that kind of same sure. situation about it. But still, who's going to complain about the eighth film in a series still opening up at least $100 million domestically? I think that's Internationally, it did. Yeah blockbuster numbers there so uh yeah so that came in so uh neil did you go see the fate of the furious i absolutely did frank and let me tell you i liked it yay it's a it's a i thought it was a i thought it was a good movie probably because my my expectations were low and also probably because the seventh one was just awful but this movie uh the character's motivations made sense um the action was tight we actually had some racing in it Mm. Which felt really good. Felt like, especially the uh, the whole opening part is just in Havana, mm. and they're just it's an honest to god street race, and I loved nice. it. And it, yeah, it got a little bit ridiculous at the end, but Charlize Theron was a great villain. Okay. I feel like she brought the stakes up to a, a, a very good level, so that everyone could be their ridiculous characters, and it would make sense. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it <laughs> at least you know as much as it can. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're trying to match her intensity, mm-hmm. um, but I had a I had a great time. I thought that was a fun movie. I it was it was it was a good film, not a great film. Uh, I, I the things that you liked about it, Neil. At least I felt I had a lot of issues with some of the stuff, and some of the, uh, especially Jason Statham's character, how they what they did with him just seemed really like a, a really big turn from the way everything was left in the last film. But there are two more films in the series, so maybe they're going to explain why certain things happened because mm-hmm. that just seemed so out. And I felt like it was also ahead of a lot of the twists there. I was ahead of those twists. With so when they at the end where they kind of like, I know this is what really happened, and this yeah. is what really happened. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I knew was going to happen. Well, Tanya in the chat says, "Yay, Neil! I liked it a lot too." Yes, Tanya and, and I had, had a lot of big conversations that she was kind of mainlining all the Fast and Furious <laughs> films in preparation for the Fate of the Furious. So. Uh, East Blue Drew, it was an awesome movie, and I like Albin's point: a Fast and Furious movie getting ridiculous at the end. Say it isn't so. I know, right? Um, well, I don't. I think they might be referring to you. K A uh, C A nineteen eighty seven thinks we got a hater. I I love you're the, not I, a hater. No, I love the franchise. No. This one was just, you know, I felt like they were going. Right? You know, yeah. this one just wasn't as good as I was hoping it was going to be. I agree with Sky Patterson. This fran the franchise is just always crazy ridiculous. I haven't seen the seventh, but I have. I recently marathon one through six. I mm-hmm. bought that as a box set because um, seven wasn't part of it yet. But I enjoyed all of them actually. They're all fun in their own way. I actually felt two 
was one of the weaker ones. And I actually like Tokyo Drift, even though that gets a lot of criticism. I'm like, well, it's different characters, so that kind of throws you off a little bit. But overall, it's a fun movie. But two, I think there's some pacing and directorial change that I didn't really like. But overall, they're all fun action movies. If anybody takes them seriously, it's like, come on. It's like watching the trailer. You know what you're getting. I don't know why people get surprised. It's like, you watch the trailer, right? Yeah. yeah. That, this is one where, like, this is what you, you got what you came for. Uh, yeah. Neil, did you miss having Paul Walker in the mix? Yeah. Do you feel like yeah. uh, Scott Eastwood is a, uh, is a fine substitute for Paul Walker? Well, I, I don't think they're ever trying to, like, sub Paul mm. Walker. I think, I mean, uh, obviously they're trying to, like, fill the gap that he left. Mm-hmm. Um, and they filled it with a completely different character, which I thought was wildly appropriate. I don't mm-hmm. like if they try to fill Scott. If they try to make Scott Eastwood like a Brian character, that would have fallen way too flat mm. because there's like zero relationship between him and anybody there. And that was like the whole point of Brian, right? He was like the he was. I mean, of the group, he was probably the level-headed one. Kept everyone, you know, from doing something crazy. And this kid ended up being like sort of like the comic relief. Because of how fresh he was. I like how they just sort of doubled down on that. They're like, yeah, here's a new guy, and he's really new. Mm. So get ready for him to just not understand what we do here. Would you rather have had, instead of having like a Scott Eastwood character, they would have taken Lucas Black and brought him along? He was the uh, Tokyo Drift guy. Right. I I keep waiting for them to just sort of like make him part of the group. Yeah. I feel like I feel like at least for like one part, like, they come across a problem that they like. They can't get into the certain area, and then Vin just like calls them up. Uh, yeah, I know a guy. <laughs> and then like they call him up, and he comes in. They're like, "Oh, who's this idiot?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we go back to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I met this kid." And then he comes in and drifts the balls off of something, mm-hmm. and like and, and then just leaves. Like that's his one part to play in the movie. I would that love that. That would have been that. cool. I would absolutely love that. He it's, never comes back in the franchise, right? He comes back in seven he, briefly. Yeah, oh, I didn't see seven. There was yet, sort of so like yeah. a catch-up part in okay. seven, yeah. where they they bring it Got all around it. to what happened in Tokyo. Got it. Okay. And so he's in there for that, but. <laughs> I do want to. I do want a line in the next film saying we need to drift the balls off of this. Who can we get? <laughs> Just for that line, Neil. I would love that. <gasps> uh, <laughs> love it. Love it. All right. Hashtag uh, started. That's right. Oh, East Blue Drew and CA nineteen eighty seven. Nobody likes Tokyo. No, it's actually not that bad. If you rewatch it, I mean, it's one of those. It's totally different, um, but it's actually really fun. You know. It's it's one that's it changes the pace. I agree that it is a little bit like whoa, wait, different characters, different vibe, but it was still cool within the whole world that's been built. Yeah, no, that that, that is for sure. And it, and it has other cool characters that um, fit in later. So, well, if I remember fine. correctly, Tokyo Drift almost killed the franchise, and to get the fourth one made, Vin Diesel had to leverage his house because the studio didn't want it Mm. and then after the success of fast and furious they went on and did fast five which was also uh, a very decent installment series and then it just went from there to become one of the largest franchises in cinematic history i feel like five is when it really just kind of clicked in you put the rock in there as uh, somebody that that was was kind of chasing them down i feel Mm -hmm. like that right here had all the components of it to make a really fun film uh, and, so, and they've kind of carried that through the rest of them to various degrees of success. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this one, pro, I mean, it's not my least favorite in the, in the series, but it's still, I always felt like I was, I was kind of going on an upward trajectory. And now I feel like, okay, I'm just kind of, I kind of dipped mm. a little bit. So, okay. 
but they're also kind of resetting a new trilogy with eight, nine, and ten. So, sure. you know, this is kind of the you're kind of setting all the pieces in place for with eight. We'll see what nine and ten do to kind of close mm-hmm. it out. Uh, all right, coming in at number two though, the Boss Baby from Fox, another fifteen point five million dollars. Okay, that's just kind of a crazy drop. That number one is a hundred million, and number two is fifteen. Yeah. It's like, I mean, nothing in the twenties or thirties. It's like, no. it's, uh, I think everybody knew that uh, Fate of the Furious was going to just crush. Yes. Everybody just stood well away from, from yep. that weekend. Uh, number three, Beauty and the Beast, thirteen point six million dollars. Still holding on. Yeah. Uh, number four, we had the Smurfs, The Lost Village, another six point five. That's another big drop from thirteen to yeah, six five. Uh, and then finally, number five, Going in Style. That Another six point three. Pretty close to Smurfs. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I still don't want to see that movie though. Not the way that would definitely have to come to my home, then also prop up in my eyeballs. Uh-huh. But it was like, like put toothpicks to, 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 uh, oh, no. underneath my eyelids. Like, you will watch Aww. this movie. We'll do it together, Frank. All right, okay. we'll get little, uh, we'll get little uh, pedicure baths for our feet, and oh, I just, we'll <laughs> just, we'll just put cucumbers <laughs> scrub on our face, and we'll watch it together. That would be. Oh, I cannot think of a better way to spend a day. <laughs> That sounds fa- that sounds amazing, Neil. That sounds so fun. I can't wait. Boys go have fun. Now, internationally, though, we're talking about that. Even though domestically did a little less than what people were predicting at the box office, they're kind of estimating around a 110 for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, internationally, though, it is a shot off to a record 432.3 wow. million dollar debut at the international box office. Now you couple that with the domestic's 100 million launch, and the worldwide debut is 532.5 million, Oof. the biggest global opening for a film ever. Well. There you really? go. Really? Wow. Yes. Uh, uh, Fate, of the, Fate of the Furious was in 63 territories this weekend and bested both Jurassic World's record offshore debut at 316.7 and with North America, Star Wars The Force Awakens, $529 million worldwide bow. That was brought up in the <coughs> shell, too. Uh, brought, well, I was reading two things. Sorry. One, it was brought up in the chat that it beat Star Wars. And then uh, Emmanuel says, Ghost in the Shell is out of here. Yeah. See you later. Yep. Bumped. Yeah. Let me just comment on these international numbers for a second because yeah. this is insane. Yeah. It bested the second highest one by over by about like what a hundred million. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Like I knew that, and I'm sure Frank. I'm sure that you speculated also that this would do better internationally than it did domestically because there's, it has a wide appeal mm-hmm. internationally. But I did not see this coming. These these numbers are they 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 barely even make sense. The only reason. That The Force Awakens is so close to its opening, uh, its global opening weekend, is because it made a quarter of a billion dollars domestically uh, mm. when The Force Awakens was released. Yeah, but you also think about like like Star Wars Force Awakens. There's like an appetite for that because it has been so long since you saw a continuation of the series from Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Sure, you saw you saw the prequels, but this is the yeah. first time you got to see a new storyline kind of progressing everything. Yeah, Fate, Fate of the Furious. That's the eighth installment that's been around like pretty much every two years. There's been another one around, so. To have the eighth one just crush so hugely at the international box office is incredible. It's unbelievable. Uh, I think it's Muhamta. Biggest opening ever because it's a great movie. All right. (laughs) Your mileage mileage may vary on that. But uh, (laughs) there you go. Uh, I've heard both. Like from my friends, I've had friends absolutely love it. Oh, my gosh. They're like, go see it right now. And then other people are like, it's okay. Other ones don't take it too seriously, so it's kind of a 
doesn't seem completely one way or the other. Yeah, I like as I said, I just have some kind of character issues with that. That uh, yeah. I will, I'm, w- I'm certainly willing to let them see what like, Chris Morgan has in mind for scripts nine and ten. Mm. That maybe may address some of those, and okay. then maybe it may make me look back on mm-hmm. eight a little differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, as a, a clear number one in all markets where he opened this weekend, uh, Fate of the Furies dusted a bunch of records. It is the mm-hmm. biggest opening weekend of all time in 17 markets, the top Universal uh, uh, debut in 21, and the biggest Fast and Furious franchise start in 32 markets. Mm. Now, uh, basically, they're thinking about the, the Fate of the Furious original projections were thinking about $300 million overseas, mm-hmm. with some as high as $400 million. But it was always going to be hinging kind of on, on, the, uh, on the Middle Kingdom, kind of like the, the Asian markets there. Mm. And now, uh, Fast 7, or uh, was it, uh, the Furious 7, there you go, mm-hmm. currently holds the record as the number one import at $391.3 million, And it'd be foolish to bet against uh, Fate of the Furious going to that ballpark when the dust settles. Now, local buzz is strong, and there's nothing coming up that looks like it's going to run it off the road Anytime soon. I love all your puns. There you go. They are awesome. <laughs> now, also, Fate of the Furious, uh, it crushes the box office, but there are other still films in the marketplace as well. Uh, Logan, the X-Men spinoff featuring Hugh Jackman, uh, just hit another milestone today, crossing the $600 million worldwide mark. Woo. Beauty and the Beast crossed $1 billion earlier this week, is now at uh, $1.043 billion, and it's become the 22nd highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, topping Zootopia, Finding Dory, and Jurassic Park. And mm. Lionsgate just finished its best calendar quarter ever that didn't include a Hunger Games or Twilight film with $755.6 million at the worldwide box office. Mm-hmm. It's basically a breakdown of 364.1 domestic and 391.5 internationally. Uh, basically uh, lifted up by uh, La La Land and John Wick Chapter 2. Uh... uh... East Blue Drew makes a good point that you know it's a franchise that we've all been watching for a long time. If you've been watching them all, so it's a good point. Um, Desmond Johnson, you, we're acting as if a, a hundred million isn't that big of a deal, but not many movies are a hundred million, and it's eight. No, it's it's big. I think the for thing sure. is um, maybe people are expecting. Well, you went higher. You both of you went higher. I, I thought honestly thought it was going to be, and then I was reading over there they were predicting one hundred and ten, and then it came down at a hundred. But still, yeah. Uh, as we're it's saying, still like, good for eighth in a franchise. Yeah, I, yeah. there's there's absolutely nobody that yeah. would uh, turn away these numbers. They came yeah. like if mm-hmm. you're uh, like, oh yeah, um, it's only eighth, the eighth movie and you get a hundred million dollars. Boo hoo! Yeah, <laughs> plenty of other franchises. The second or third get like maybe twenty. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, incredible. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, certainly the table is set for nine and ten to really clean up. Yep. And I feel like 10, the way they do, I feel like this series does a really good job of marketing itself. Mm-hmm. And so if they decide with the 10th film that it's going to be kind of a definitive conclusion to the series, that one is going to do gangbusters. If they feel sure. like they're going to be if kind of reaching an ending. End. Yeah. yeah. If that, it actually is. You know, if it keeps making these kind of numbers, like it's tough. Keep, but I felt like Fast and Furious, it never felt necessarily like throughout the franchise that it was like, it's going to be eight of them. Like, I think when I saw one, you're like, cool. Oh, we get a second? Great. Oh, there's going to be a third? Oh. There's somebody getting four? Well, we get another five. Like, I just felt like they kept coming along, which is good. But um, I'd be like, really? Ten's going to be the end? You sure? Sure? Well, Vin Diesel said that he wants Uh, to stop at ten. Okay. However, with these numbers, I think think they're going to pause at ten. Mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if after the tenth one comes out, they wait about eight years, mm-hmm. and they bring they don't rehash the series, but they bring it back from sort of where it left off with mm-hmm. maybe a Dominic Toretto being like an older sort of like a 
like a director sort of character mm-hmm. in whatever they're doing mm. or like or maybe like a new team starting up and they're like we can't do this without the guidance of Dominic Toretto then they have to hunt him down and find him or something like that but he's, he's he would be more like an older character that would just advise them or whatever yeah, because if you look at Harry Potter, I mean, that franchise crushed at the box office. And then the series was done because, you know, the books were done as well. But then you feel like Warner Brothers, as well as, you know, whatever they do. I mean, that's a property that if you could keep finding ways to continue that, you would. And so now sure. they have Fantastic Beasts, which oh, yeah. opens up a whole new set of films for them to be able to do. I can't imagine Universal is not going to at least try to do the best they can to tempt Vin and like anybody else or The Rock yeah. or something to... Continue this past if it's if it's still cranking in these kind mm-hmm. of numbers. Absolutely that's just like, agree. Why would you let that kind of money just sit on the table? Oh, Absolutely, yeah. especially since Disney has so many franchises. Warner Brothers has the entire DC slate. Mm-hmm. Universal mm-hmm. needs Universal has Jurassic World, and it has uh, the Fast franchise. Those mm-hmm. are the biggest ones it has, and those are two of the biggest franchises in the world right now. Yeah, and like we talked a little about this last week. If the the monster universe does not really take oh, off for them. Yeah. They definitely, I feel like, are going to yeah. really make a play to keep this one going in some some kind of shape or form. Yep. Uh, all right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was a look at our international numbers. But now we got to start looking ahead. We're going to look back at what's coming up this weekend. We've got some fine films for your consideration for our box office bet, uh, including uh, Born in China, a documentary for on Buena Vista. Uh, lots of pandas and stuff like that in there. There's uh, other animals, too. Nope, it's only pandas. That's nope, it. No, more I, than no just animals pandas. exist. Because nope, it's just all the pandas. other animals and how they're the family and the little monkey and the vices. Oh, boy. So cute. Oh boy. Uh, we also have The Promise with uh, Poe Dameron. Uh, mm-hmm. Oscar Isaacs. I <laughs> keep calling him Pope Dameron. Uh, from Open Road Films, a little drama there. And then we have Unforgettable. This looks like a bonkers film with Rosario Dawson and Katherine Heigl from Warner Brothers. It, it just seems Oof. so, like, cliche-y. It, and, like, it looks awful. so white girl versus the black girl and which guy is he going to be with? It just was like, what? I, you know, I have to be honest. Uh, Rosario Dawson, I feel like, still a draw at the box office. Katherine Heigl... Not as much now. No. no. I, I, there is nothing about this. Like, I, I, how did she get this? It just looks cheesy. I can't imagine she's bringing really anybody into the theaters yeah. to go see this. Yeah. I saw the trailer and I'm like, wait, why? Why did Rosario agree to that movie? Yeah. She's doing better stuff. No, for sure. Go back to Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know why she's doing this. I, uh, I can see why Catherine Heigl, if somebody's going to offer a movie role, she's going to grab at it. Yeah. But I, oof, man, I can't see her when I see Catherine Heigl in this. Right. Uh, but anyway, folks. And uh, it's so hard watching it from just the trailer. I'm like, Catherine Heigl's character seems like such a bitch that I can't associate with her that I'm like, I clearly want him with Rosario Dawson. Yeah. She seems cool and chill and you seem crazy. There's no debate on who I want the guy to be with. So, uh. is there any? Even if they hadn't gone that over the top in the trailer, can you imagine any reality where you're going to be siding with Catherine Heigl over Rosario Dawson? No, <laughs> I, I can't no. imagine that myself. Uh, so, no. those are the films in contention for the box office bet. So, folks, feel free to start chiming away in there in the box in the the chat. I saw Albin was in there, so Albin, I look to you to kind of keep a running mm-hmm. tally of uh, the people what the people are voting on. Again, that's going to be Born in China, oh, The Promise, you. and Unforgettable. Um, East Blue Drew. It looks like that Beyonce movie. Yes, yes. obsessed. Yeah, which oh. I saw. Okay. Was that good? Watch it as a comedy, and it's fantastic. I feel like this is the only way to watch this one. I watched it as a comedy with my friend, because I was like, okay, this is going to be so over the top. But we watched it as comedy, and it was actually rather entertaining. Oh, man. All right. But it's just so, like, and not discredit the people in it. It's just the basic concept. You're just like, 
what? And so it's just so over the top that it's very comedic. Great. I wouldn't take it serious. <laughs> uh, coming up here, uh, before we do our, our official running of box office bet, our top five pick, yep. we'd like to do a little box office rewind and look at somebody that's going to be in one of the upcoming films this week. Look back at some of their opening box office uh, films there to kind of see how they rank. And I decided you know, we're talking about Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. Why don't we take a look at her? Now, of course, her number one film is the Lego Batman movie. So we're going to, since that's just a, a vocal animated uh, vocal performance, we're going to just ixnay that. And we're just going to focus on live action performances. Mm-hmm. So these are her top five non-Batman Lego box office movies. Coming at number five, we've got Zookeeper from Sony back in uh, 2011. Uh, mm. $20, $20 million. I did see that. It's okay. Yeah, I did not see it. Wasn't that. my kind of humor. It's Kevin James, yeah. Oh, I, I don't yeah. think he's funny. I do I'm not. Like, uh, like Paul Blart, Malakoff. Yeah, no desire. To I see didn't those know. Films. But Zookeeper had moments, and like they have a scene that was kind of funny in the movie. But overall, it's like, meh. Oh man, yeah. I just no, yep, I can't yep. do it. Yep. Uh, and as much as I enjoy, well, at least early Adam Sandler, uh, this later Adam Sandler, like with Grown Ups and stuff like that, and now mm-hmm. he's, he's moved over to Netflix more, doing more stuff. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just can't see him and Kevin James hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming to number five, Unstoppable. Or excuse me, number four, Unstoppable from Fox. Back in 2010, $22.6 million. That's the the runaway train with Denzel Washington and uh, oh, Chris Pine. Oh, that was actually pretty good. Like, at first yeah. I was like, mm, but then watching it, I'm like, no, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, it's a fine, you know, it, it doesn't yeah. uh, break any new ground, but it's just like yeah. a, a solidly made little kind mm-hmm. of action thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, three, excuse me, Eagle Eye. From Paramount and DreamWorks, picking out in 2008, $29.1 million. That's one with Shia LaBeouf and oh, uh, Michelle Moynihan. Yeah, I didn't catch that one. That, and Billy Bob Thornton. That's like where they have that computer that becomes mm-hmm, sentient, mm-hmm. almost like that, uh, like uh, Cyberdyne yeah. Industries. Yeah. There you I go. I did not catch that one. Based on the old. At <laughs> 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 uh, number two, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, back in 2010, $31.2 million. I never saw any of the Percy That's Jackson That's the first films. one, right? Lightning Thief is the first one, I think. I saw the first one. I really liked it. It was very fun. It's very YA fiction kind of style, but um, I enjoyed that. I didn't catch the second one, but I have it on DVD. Uh, yeah, it's just All right, power, fun. Uh, power rank these. So you've got uh, Hunger Games, Percy yes. Jackson, Maze Runner, and yes. the Insurgent series? Yes, Divergent. Divergent. What would you? Yeah. How would you uh, rank those? Oof. Well, technically, Percy Jackson's almost different though because they got superpowers because they're children of gods. So that makes okay. it a little different category almost because it's su- not supernatural, but it's different. Um, I'd say Hunger Games, Divergent, and Maze Runner are more similar in terms of youth, young people in perilous situ- in a, a perilous situation trying to survive. Percy Jackson is more finding yourself. It's not quite mm. the same. Okay. Um, and I like them all, but they're different. I've read actually. It's funny. I read all of them except Percy Jackson, and I watched them. Uh, like Hunger Games is really cool book and movie. I liked uh, Divergent series. I like book and movie. And what else do we say? Maze Runner. Maze Runner. I like book and movie. And then I like Percy Jackson, but I didn't read that book. But they're all they're just different. It's one of those, if you like them, you're going to watch the other ones, too, probably. All right. I still have Maze Runner on but, my DVR. I still got to um, watch that. So Maze Runner, uh, I don't know if you haven't read the 
books, how amazing it was. Huh? Maze, huh? No, sorry, that was a bad pun. <laughs> um, it, it's a really cool movie. I thought, even, I even, I like the second one as well, but I like post-apocalyptic movies. The book, they changed a bit of things, but it was still an, enjoyable. Uh, yeah. Oh, all right. And then Divergent, I still have to read the read and see the third one. Uh, yeah, and I guess whatever they're going to do with, like, are they going to finish this Divergent? That I think I was like maybe going to TV to finish it out? Yeah, I think they did it, and it just didn't do well. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And then, of course, number one for Rosario Dawson, we've got Men in Black 2, 2002, from Sony, $52.1 million. I did like the second one. Uh, I didn't like it as much as the first, of course, but I still liked it. I feel like I, if I had to rank it, I'd probably do one, three, two. I th- actually, like th- third because of the introduction of time travel. Sure. And uh, Josh Brolin playing young Tommy mm-hmm. Lee Jones. I really like that. He did a good job. Yeah, I like that more than I like two. So yeah, I feel like we never picked up on Rosario Dawson's character in, in three. So no. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, before we get going on uh, doing our, our our box office look ahead for this coming weekend, we also had a Star Wars celebration happen in Orlando this weekend. I have uh, Darth Vader socks on right now. I'm not Star Wars Celebration, obviously, but I've got oh, my Darth Vader socks. They go repping, you know, even at this far distance. Yes, um, there is. I retweeted a thing of it. There was a group of cosplayers who recreated yes. a scene from the movie. So good. That was nicely so done. Funny. I yeah. did enjoy that. It's like at first I'm like, what? Oh, I get it. It's so good. It's so creative and funny. You know? No, that was a good deal. Uh, and I did like as it would pan back to the uh, Darth Vader, and he's just kind of walking yes. through like this. <laughs> the door they're like it's locked yeah <laughs> uh no that's really good uh i was gonna say not star wars but last week and i'll t- i mean i don't know when you guys are gonna see it when it's available but um indian film festival some of the films i saw they really liked that most likely the big films the opening and closing night would be more accessible uh first one opening night was lipstick under my burqa which is currently banned in india because it is too lady centered quote unquote mm by the censor board which just means it'd be a rated R movie here with stuff that we're not that surprised by um is really good I thought it was interesting and then the closing night film was Hotel Salvation which was really good and um I also saw a film called Sexy Durga and it was just very strange and I saw a documentary called An Indian Accent and that one was a really really short about them doing a symphony kind of concert number but incorporating uh, their drum the tabla and it's actually really kind of cool oh nice so I don't know if these movies they're coming to Netflix eventually because I know a lot of films that have been there in the past are now on Netflix now and they're really kind of cool Oh, so it's cool when festival films come to Netflix because then you're like, oh, cool, I see stuff from around the world and you know other more not mainstream Hollywood stuff because I know we've all talked about like you know super boring or Hollywood repeating stuff. Film festivals are the way to go to catch other stuff. Um, now hopping back to Star Wars Celebration, yes. of course the big thing is they released released the first kind of yes. teaser trailer for the new uh, film yep. of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, coming out in December. Did you see the trailer? I did watch the trailer. What did you think? I liked it. Um, I don't think it gives you too much, though, so, which is good. Uh, I mean, it depends. I'm going to go see it anyway, so. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch the full version of it, but someone did it, and I, oh, I might not retweet it, but someone did the opening, um, the last movie trailer and this one together and played them, and they're very similar, like mm. foils to each other. 
But they just kind of. Uh, I need to go watch it again because I just didn't get a chance to hear much of uh, Luke Skywalker's uh, vocals. I didn't get to uh, hear everything that he was saying. I watched my friend's reaction video to it, and that was fun because they're <laughs> really into Star Wars. So I'm like, I'll, I'll watch your reaction to it. Uh, uh, the other trailer too that I watched that finally, I'm like, oh my gosh, this one. Did you watch the Thor, new Thor trailer? Yes, that what one looks think? fun. That looks. <laughs> it's amazing. cool. We know each other. Oh. <laughs> Man, I am, I was already looking forward to this, but then seeing this just solidified my. Yeah. I'm I'm more excited about this than Guardians. Guardians only wins for me because of Baby Groot. I want a Baby Groot. Man, but it's just like I've been wanting to see. Like I feel like this is going to be finally like the the first Thor film that's really gonna just rock kick, and roll. Yes. Yeah, I'm and, with you, Frank. Yeah, and, the, and the fact that really we get the Hulk good. too. Oh, and if, if we get the Hulk actually talking in this. Man, it's, that's you're just like mm. yes. It's literally Planet Hulk. It is when he yeah. comes out it's, and he smashes out in that out in that costume. It's a hundred percent Planet Hulk. They just put the they just put Thor in it. Uh, it's basically yeah. what they did, mm-hmm. and that's one of my favorite Marvel storylines. And apparently, you guys might be interested in this. I did huh. hear that they are working towards World War Hulk. Oh, okay, which then. would be really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Man. Because it is interesting to think like how how much the Hulk popped from the first Avengers film, people loved him there. But it's been several years since we've got to see him really have a do something. Yeah, yeah. So I think audiences are going to be mm-hmm. well, both him and Thor. They've been mm-hmm. kind of after since uh, uh, Avengers: uh, Age of Ultron. They've both been kind of mm-hmm. off the canvas. So I think definitely there's going to be a lot of interest in seeing these two and where it's going to take him. And from what I've heard, this is very much like uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, where it kind of changes everything in yeah. terms of the Marvel universe. So I'm excited to see what kind of uh, mm-hmm. revelations they have in terms of that. And, of course, Jeff Goldblum as the, uh, as the collector. Or the, uh, yeah. the, game, uh, the Grandmaster. Sorry. I was going to say, I'm like... Mm, no, Collector, that was, that's, uh, that's Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Yes, Grandmaster. Uh, man, it's just all, everything. Oh, uh, uh, talking about a horror movie, but found footage, new horror movie. But, uh, side note, I was going to say that followed the movie I worked on is a found footage horror movie, but I like that they took it in a different direction. So that's the thing, guys. If you're ever doing like remakes and things or new style, just change it up and that makes it different. Because that one is more like it's a YouTube vlogger documenting the process. Which I'm like, I don't think we've seen many, if any, of those. So that's cool for me. I feel like the found footage one, you've got to really just cross your T's and dot your I's with everything to make oh, sure yeah. the logic is completely sound within it. Yep. Because for me, always with the found footage one, I my biggest thing going into it is always I always wonder who got this footage and why did they cut it together and decided to release it as a well this one is like it's youtube they put the videos on youtube they're being edited as it's happening like they're talking about they're editing live um it's maybe only some of the final footage that you kind of go but i think he does it they might have done it like uh it's live you know we'll do it live yeah like (laughs) us we're here live um (laughs) but you might be watching this later which is cool uh, we also uh, one last thing about the uh, the Star Wars poster yes. for the Last Jedi. Oh, a the nice different poster looks good. Yes, a nice different look than a lot of the other yeah. entries in the series, which I, I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still, if I had my way, I would. The only thing that I would have loved about that poster is that they would have had uh, Drew Struzan do the artwork for it. Because mm. I'm such a sucker for his stuff. He would, they would have given him a chance to mm-hmm. draw that teaser. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would have loved that. That would have made it perfect. Yeah. And real quick, uh, to plug yeah. one of our other shows, yeah, um, Jedi Alliance yes. uh, on um, on uh, Popcorn Talk. Yep, uh, had a really good show today about um, 
about Celebration, and uh, they covered a lot of things, and she had a lot of opinions. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, you can find it. It is Jedi Alliance Podcast. Nice. Oh, look at you. Do you uh, Neil, I feel, do you ever promote us to other shows? I promote you to everyone I see on the street while I'm walking around at all times. Aww. I called my uncle the other day, my estranged uncle who lives in Alaska. And I told him to go onto YouTube, and he he asked me what that was. And then I told him to that he would need to have an internet connection of some kind. Uh, it was a long conversation, but eventually I had him just write it down, and then I uh, and then I drank some whiskey because it was frustrating. <laughs> well, I actually speaking of that, I actually did tell a friend today. Of, he's like, "What show?" We had dinner and catching up because oh, the back when we did um, Houdini and Doyle, I did the board game yes. uh, thing. I got the game today, um, so my copy of it, and he was like, what show do you have tonight? I'm like, let's box office breakdown. We talk about when movies come out. He's like, I need to watch that, because I've been wanting to get up to date on like movies coming out. I'm like, gotta watch our show. That's right. We talk about movies, what's yes. coming out, and movies in general. It's all good. Oh, yes. Join us. Join us, won't you? Yeah. Oh, Tell your friends, guys. Get your friends to come join. There you go. And then also have whiskey on hand as well, too, in case uh, those conversations why, don't go well. Winona Earp, we did whiskey for our finale, which we might do that for our premiere when that happens in Re- June. Are you a whiskey drinker? Yeah, we had a, I had a snake bite apple whiskey that was actually pretty good. Mm. I just imagine me just going, smooth, <laughs> smooth. <laughs> well, we did whiskeys and donuts. Because that's the thing on that show. Did you dunk them in the whiskey? No, we just, you know. Yeah. I feel like that I, the the sweetness of having a donut would not cut the edge it of that It definitely whiskey. helps, yeah. But I guess you should really you should just dunk it next time. Watch our Winona Earp podcast. It's Uh-oh. on Netflix, guys. Uh. Catch up. It's a good show. I got to check that out. It's a good show. It's like Supernatural meets Buffy-ish. With uh, guns. And a Western. Yeah. How can you go wrong? I love Western, so. Yep. All right, All right mm-hmm. Carrie Lane, fine. Oh, King fine. Arthur. Yeah, King Arthur's coming out, which I am kind of excited about that one. There was a new trailer for that one. I went to go see uh, Fate of the Furious. I saw the new King oh, Arthur okay, trailer cool. in there. Uh, excited? I, I, You know, there's something about, like, <laughs> Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Like, just visually, like he, his movies. the way that he kind of tells a story. I mean, and, you know, I feel like I, you know, the Sherlock Holmes films, just enjoy yeah. them for what they are. They're mm-hmm. good, but... I, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm jazz. I'm always a sucker for the King Arthur legend anyway. Yeah. So I'm actually ready to, to mm. dig this. So, I mean, I I know, Evelyn, you're saying that it's doomed. Because it's like... between Guardians and Alien Covenant. Um, It's a different kind of movie, for sure. Because yeah. it's like sci-fi, sci-fi, fantasy-ish. King, I mean, it's not fantasy because there's no fantastical animals. But still, I would call that like medieval well, um, it's got some huge elephants Alien in there. Alien Covenant, I'm going to wait a while because there are things in that trailer that just piss me off. I'm really? Stupid. Yeah, they're walking on a planet without oh, yeah, their so hazmat suits yeah. and stuff. You send out your probe first. It's just done. They're all supposedly scientists kind of people. Stupid. Now, I, uh, Alvin brings up there in the chat, it's, uh, for King Arthur, it should have come out this week or next week where there's no Fair big blockbusters enough. coming out. I agree with you on that one, Alvin. Yes. I feel like uh, I feel like... May oh th- those early weeks of May there that's there's too much good stuff coming out it is it is very top heavy but I wonder how much in advance you really can plan that but like I mean, you do they all call each other so winter movie coming out well you don't I mean you Marvel know? is announced through uh, that's true Fair Avengers enough. Infinity War uh, yeah. Part Two or okay. whatever they're calling it so you know yeah. those dates I mean okay. they had a big presentation okay. so you know where Marvel's yeah. lying and oh. pretty much that first actually another trailer. I, I think that's a good question for you, and I would talk about that, too. Oh, yes, Tanya asking there. Frank, would you go see the new It movie? I, I will go check it out. Yes. Yeah, right. I think the trailer looks really good. Um, Baywatch, that looks 
entertaining. Yeah. They're actually doing a thing at LA Live next weekend of having people do a slow-mo marathon. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, they're just having <laughs> people come out and they're doing a slow-mo marathon. Great. That's the only thing at I LA need Live. is uh, to make a marathon last longer is to do it in slow motion. <laughs> well, they're going to do it really short. Like The Rock has a thing that's going on, on Facebook and he's like, join us for the slow-mo marathon. Oh, so funny. man. But I think that's awesome. I have work, but I would have gone. Uh, but I do like the, the the idea with it. It'll be interesting to kind of they're kind of splitting it up. The idea they do the second film. Yes, as I like that idea. So it's a kind of a nice kind of distinction between the two time periods. Uh, hopefully, this first film does well enough to warrant the second film. I think the style of how they're doing the clown looks so good, and it actually looks really creepy. Because me, I'm like clowns, whatever, no big deal. But I'm like, now there's some good scenes in that trailer. That I'm like. It's a little creepy and unnerving. I feel bad for Georgie because watching that trailer where he cracks himself on, on the barricade as he's following his, his little paper boat down oh, the uh, yeah, and then, yeah, that, which I thought was just a nice little kind of little little startle there in the trailer. And then you're yeah. like, oh, and then yeah, then you gotta go to Pennywise. Sorry, buddy, mm-hmm. that doesn't. We all float down here. We all yep. float down here. Oh, dude, just how that kid says it is creepy, and then it coming out of the water. I was like, that's oh, yeah. actually really good. And the projector thing too. That was cool change, that, I thought too. that was nice, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, that's a neat way to update it. You know, you're not yes. keep. It's, again, it's just like doing a cover of a song. You either need to be exactly the same or you need to be different enough because we're going to compare you to the original. Very so true. they changed it up a little bit. Uh, anyway. All right. So uh, as we're getting getting closer towards the end of the show, we should do our little look of what we think the next week's box office will look like there. Where, where we've got, uh, of course, we've got Born in China, The Promise, Unforgettable, adding into the mix. I don't think any of these are going to have uh, any chance of toppling <laughs> The Fate of the Furious. No. But it will be curious to see how much of a dip The Fate of the Furious takes in its second week. Uh, do you, Can you see Boss Baby, Beauty and the Beast, uh, any of those holding up over? Uh, I, I, could, I could easily see Boss Baby doing better than Unforgettable. Or, uh, yeah. Yes. I, man, because I mean, Unforgettable has got the biggest release at twenty three, two thousand three hundred fifty screens. The Promises at two thousand. Born in China is at fifteen hundred. Mm. I, I, man, I don't think I see any of those topping, going to number two. Not really. Neil, do you see any of those kind of uh, jumping up that high in the box office next week? Maybe. Really? Um, oh. What was what was. What was Boss Baby doing this week? Like 15? 15. Yeah. Yeah, that might drop down to like, what, like maybe 7? Right. So I don't know. Maybe, so that's true. If know. anything, if even if they got 10, they would win. If it's anything, it's probably going to be Phoenix Forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I've seen the most buzz and uh, most ads for that one. But I don't know. Yeah. It could. It could make yeah, like I a mean, cool, it's... it could make like a cool 9 mil. I, I, but I also feel like Phoenix Forgotten is only in fifteen hundred screens. I just I don't know. Right. I, I don't know if it's going to do has a big enough release to jump it up that high. Hmm. Uh, all right. I will. I'm going to. Of course, I don't think Fast and Furious is going to take number one. I think Unforgettable <laughs> is going to. No, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> like, that I'm was pretty a one- sure you were kidding, but yeah. I was like, whoa. Fit and Furious, that's a one and done. You know, there you go. I I, I don't even know if it's going to make the top five next week. Uh, Well, Alvin in the chat said Boss Baby was hilarious. (laughs) Okay, Alvin. (laughs) Uh, All right, so I I, I will go Fit and Furious. Go for it. Um, 
man, I feel like the one that's got a oh, it's gonna be terrible. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Boss Baby still number two, and then okay. I'll put Unforgettable. Oh, yeah, I oof, yeah, Unforgettable, Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast. I could see maybe the uh, Phoenix Forgotten coming in at number four. I think it could do better than Smurfs did. Yeah, and then. I, I think the Smurfs smir- will be number five. I'll do that. Oh, gosh. I'm not, um, I'm not that. This one, I, the yeah, confidence I'm like, is low. Uh, Fast and the Furious. Fate, or Fate Furious. Mm, maybe Boss Baby will hold two. And just to be crazy, let's put Unforgettable at three. All right. I think that's what you said, though. Yeah. All right, three. And then four. Let's do Phoenix Forgotten. And... Five Beauty and the Beast. Wow! All right, sure. Neil, you got a uh, you got a hot pick. Whew. I don't think any of us have hot picks. <laughs> no, this, this weekend we're all like, oh, this this Whew. is garbage. Yes, yeah. Doing this, this feels like we're yeah. talking like we're talking like mid January or mid September for these films. It's yeah. like, ugh. I think uh, I think Fast will probably drop about forty percent. Okay. Um. I think there probably be a lot of ads on TV this week being like, "This is the number one movie ever," and me mm. people might go out and see more of it. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Frank, you made some good arguments. I think I am going to go Boss Baby, and then I don't know Beauty. All right, Un- Unforgettable, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Phoenix. Love All it. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, real quickly, we're going to do our box office bet. Of course, as always, we take a bet on one of the films that you choose there in the chat room. Uh, the person that's closest will get to have bragging rights to their prognosticator of prognosticators. The loser will have to go see that film in the theater and tell us all about it. So uh, looking there in the chat, it seemed like Unforgettable. Alvin, if you correct me if I'm wrong, that seemed to be the one that seemed to be getting the biggest traction there in the chat, which is fantastic. That movie is going to make me sad to go see. Uh, Alvin, I cannot uh, agree more. This week is hot garbage. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) uh, So I feel like it's unforgettable. I think that's going to be it. You said number three. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Uh, Again, from Warner Brothers, 23, uh, a little over 23,000 screens. And uh, we've got Catherine Heigl, Rosario Dawson. What do we, uh, oh boy, what Mm -hmm. do we think? This is going to do in the box office. Oh, this is going to be sad. All right. <laughs> I did a number, but I'm like, I don't know. I Oh, man. All right. Um, This looks But so... this kind of throws off my number two, but that's okay. We're going to ignore that. Uh, I got mine. All, All right. right. I Okay. All right. I've got mine. All right. Uh, Neil, what do you got, sir? I'm going to say six and a half. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I, oh, I, no. I jumped high. All right, Carrie <laughs> Me Lane. Me too. Me? Yes. Ah! <laughs> I said 12. He said 11. Oh, ah! man. Well, we're right. a little off today. Yes. We got last time. Where's this? Uh, you know, you were gone having <laughs> fun last weekend. We gotta get, we're, we're, we're getting yeah. back in sync. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, so somebody's going to be seeing oh. seeing this. Oh, man. All right. I feel I might be in the middle spot. I could have a safety spot. I don't know. It all it all depends on how, how, how this does. It'll be like nine. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode mm. of Box Office Breakdown. But the fun doesn't stop here. It just gets started. Yeah. Of course, you can always like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you're watching this later, Carrie, what can they do? Well, they can give a thumbs up to the video and comment down below to let us know your predictions on what movies, what order it will be for next week, and how much they'll make. Yeah, yeah. And how All excited- of them, any of them, doesn't matter. We're just curious. How excited you are for Unforgettable? Yeah. Uh, and if you want to continue <laughs> the conversation with us even after the show's over, Carrie Lane, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carrie D. Lane. That's K-A-R-I-D-L-A-N-E. And Facebook at Carrie Lane Actor. And Neil, where can they find you, sir? You guys can get me at the Neil Plumley. That's T-H-E-N-E-I-L-P-L. P-L-U-M-L-E-Y. I'm having a hard time just spelling my name tonight. It's, it's okay, okay, Neil. It's okay. It's, it's okay. all right, buddy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie, folks. We'll see you again next Sunday night for another hot episode of Box Office Breakdown. Woo! Oh, wait. Oh, Alvin, 11.5 for Unforgettable. Oh, oh all right. I like 10. what you're thinking. 10.5 by First Sky. <laughs> Bye, everybody. See ya. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Spitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 